Um, in case y'all didn't notice, uh, we have electricity. So that is a uh, huge, 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 huge praise. No. Um, guys, I have, I, I'm sorry I had to bolt out on you guys this morning. Um, I had to go do a, uh, a radio interview for another ministry um, this morning. So as soon as I got done speaking with you all, um, and I hated, I hated leaving because, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about worship this morning and I wasn't able to share in that with you guys. And this afternoon, in all honesty to me, drug by. And the reason that it did was because of what we just experienced. Like, I could not wait to get back down here with you guys and, and just see like how you all were just going to usher us in to the throne room of heaven. And uh, before every service, um, the band and, and myself and a few other people, we always kind of dug back into this back room back here uh, to pray. And in all honesty, tonight, it, it was really hard to pray. Not, not because like we didn't know what to say and that we didn't want to pray. But that's not the thickest door in the world. And just on the other side of it, we heard you guys. And we just, we just stood back there and, and, just, and just listened to you guys. Just, just begin to sing. And, and, and just, you know, we, we, we all kind of smiled at each other. And Colt goes, they're already starting worship without us. And we were all just like, okay, you know. And, I mean, we just, we just stood back there, just, just awestruck at, at what was going on out here. Because, you know what, it's, it's not about me, it's not about cult, it's not about electricity, it's not about, you know, if the words are up on the screen, it's not about an iPod. You know, I mean, it's not about anything about that. We talked about it this morning. What it's about is about Christ and God. And, I mean, that, that was just so amazing. And when I finally did find the words to pray, I was just echoing what you guys were singing. Because just in, in that moment, that's all that needed to be said. I mean, you all were out here singing. You guys were out here singing. How great is our God? And I mean, the part where I finally found the words to say was, God, you're the name above all names. God, you're the one who is worthy of praise. And I just thought, man, how amazing it is that we get to be a part of this tonight. I mean, we, we, we honestly get to be a part of what's been going on. And just in that moment, we got to share in what was going on. For those the senior counselors, I know you all have your meetings early in the morning, but you all miss it. I mean, I know I told you all that last year, but there are no inside jokes this year. You guys are just missing it. This morning we talked about worship. About how when Isaiah was in the throne room of God and John was in the throne room of God, from, from century to century, from age to age, from day to day, second to second, there's worshiping going on around the throne. And when we humble our hearts to the point where we sing the way that we did, or where we get alone with God in our Bible, in our quiet time, we just begin to focus on Him, 
we are joining millions that have gone before us in worshiping the, the God that created us, the God that loved us. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. You know, we, we've, we've already sang about it. You know, there is no one like you. You, know, you guys just thought it was an upbeat, kind of crazy song, and I watched you all. I was standing back there. I just wish I had like half the energy that you all do. If I had half the energy you all did, I would not be in the round shape that I am in. <laughs> Somebody asked me if I was going to get this joke in. This is the best I can do it. I'm in shape as long as round is a shape. Okay? So, my round brethren will know what I'm talking about. So, uh, but no, guys, I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, I mean here, here we are tonight. And I mean, Colt told us about, about Hosanna. And I mean, we, we sang the words, you know, Hosanna in the highest. And, and then we got down to, to that last one. You know, I mean, I mean, there it was. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. And I mean, like that just, that just, it, I mean, it hit me. You know, because I mean, I, I get to share that with you guys. I mean, I'm excited about it. And I mean, here we are. It's only it's only night two of this week. I know for like some of the staff, it, they're just like it's only Tuesday, you know. I think Colt and I were even talking about that today. We're like, man, we've only been here since like yesterday, and uh, you know. But I mean, but you know what? Tonight, if tomorrow never happens, I mean, we, we've got tonight, and I want to spend my last breath focusing on God. I mean, we, we, we heard about it last night. We talked about it this morning. And that's where I want to go back to today, or this evening. So, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn. Um, if you don't, don't make the walk to the shelf of shame, because uh, thank God for electricity, because um, we'll have it back here, too. So, uh, if you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. But if you do, don't just take just don't take advantage of the fact that the screens are up there. Um, I want you guys to see it right in front of you because that really helps out. So we are turning to Romans chapter six. I love it. Tonight, we actually talked, like, in in our songs, we actually sang about grace. You know, we might not have actually sung the song Amazing Grace, but what we focused on was the fact that that God's grace is, is just so amazing and so abundant that words can't describe it. I mean, how many of y'all have heard the Chris Tomlin song, Indescribable? You know, everybody's like, well, he just described God. No. You know, that wasn't even like a drop in the bucket. You know, I, I love this. this I, I totally didn't give this to the guys to put, on a, to put on media shout. But one of my favorite verses in John talks about how, um, how the book of John was written so that, we, so that we would believe. Like the things that are written in John were written so that we would believe that Jesus was the Christ. And I love this verse because it, it, it sounds simple, but when you really grasp hold of it, it floors you. And, and John says, basically in a nutshell, um, that, you know what, these things were written, but there were many other things that Jesus did. 
that even if they were able to be written, oh, everybody's looking up there like, I was like, did they get it? But it, it says it says that even if we were able to write down everything that Jesus did and that God does, that that the world itself could not contain the volumes of books that should be written. How many of y'all thank God for every breath that you take? You know, is it just kind of like a blanket prayer in the morning, or every time you go? Thanks, God, for that one. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. You know, I mean, it, it's just it's just a continual thing, you know, because we're constantly breathing, you know, every heartbeat. Like every time your heart goes, boom, 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 Some of you, when you're around a girl, it's going like, boom, 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 you know, and you're just like, da, 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 You know? But, I mean, it's, you know, we, we, we take so many things like that for granted. But it's, but it's because of God's grace that, that we have those moments. So here's, here's where we're going to start. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Okay. Here's what, here's what that means. Sorry, guys. I, just, I know y'all are, y'all, y'all are doing an awesome job. Uh, here's what that means. I, I, this, it's so simple. I love this. What, what Paul is saying, he goes, what, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Here's what he says. He says, is it okay for us to keep sinning so that way grace looks better? I mean, how my, most of my questions are rhetorical. I'm just, I'm messing with you. I wish Cody was here this week. He knows what a rhetorical question is. Here's, here's, here's what this means, guys, okay? You know, basically what Paul is saying is he's going, you know, it, it's, guys, it, it's not okay for you all to, to keep to keep in the sin that you are. I mean, yeah, I know that you're going to use it as a witnessing tool to talk about how great God is, and how great God's grace is, but you don't have to keep sinning to make God's grace look better. You know, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this here or if I mentioned it um, Sunday night at my youth group. It doesn't, I think it was Sunday night at my youth group. It doesn't matter if you get saved when you're five and you don't re- even really know what sin is, or if you're 45 and you've lived a life full of drugs and just total denial of who God is, God's grace is the same. It covers both. You know, I mean, one, one of my big struggles was I grew up in a Christian school, and I didn't get saved until I was a sophomore in high school. And I used to think, you know, I used to get jealous of these guys that would get up there and talk about how God had saved them out of drugs and how God had saved them out of this lifestyle. And I used to go, man, I don't have that testimony. I mean, I was 15. That was, you know, so many years ago. And uh, it was 14. Okay. Um, yes, that makes me 29. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, in all honesty, it has taken me 13 of those 14 years to suddenly realize that God's grace is the same for me as much as it is for that guy. And I don't have to continue in sin so that way I can make God look better. Because you know what happens when I continue in sin? That was, once again, a rhetorical question, but thank you for your answer there. That was awesome. I mean, you know, just just the simple fact that that I stop pursuing those things that that I pursued before. I'm getting ahead of myself. I mean, he got me going. Okay, guys, verse 2. I'm actually going to read a few of these. Okay, verse 1. Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. In the King James, it says, God forbid. 
you know, he, he basically goes, so are we supposed to continue in sin that grace may abound? And he goes, no. What kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> kind of how it translates. He's like, he's like, so you just want to keep on sinning so the grace may abound? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, I call them aha moments, you know, where somebody says something and you're kind of sitting there and you're going, oh. You know, he's sitting there and he's going, he's going, so do you need to continue in sin so that grace may abound? And he's going, no. And they're going, oh, oh. Okay. Is that a rhetorical question? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Guys, how can you keep living a life that you lived before when Christ is in you? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk, check this out, in newness of life. Check this out. Best commentary on the Bible? The Bible. You want to know how I know that? Second Corinthians. You got that one? Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? Behold, old things are passed away. Behold, new has come. A new creation. Guys, this, this just this has been something that God has just has just been dealing with me for so long. I mean, it, it, it was Jared. You know what? You, you don't have to continue in the things that you were, so that way it makes me look better. When people know that you're a Christian and they see you continuing to do those things, you're just making it look worse. No, but God, you know, I'm, I'm totally making it look like your grace is just covering everything. You know what it does? But I don't need your help. Okay? But all old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new, or the new has come. You know, just like Romans, it put it in newness of life. Do you want to know why guys who used to do drugs and they suddenly get saved, they never pick up another syringe? Do you want to know why, 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 why people who, who are alcoholics and they get saved, they never pick up another bottle. It's because something's changed inside of them. They don't need their old life anymore. God has changed them and made them something new. I wanted to use this illustration that I did Sunday night, but I didn't have a couple of the components of it. Should I even tell them about this? Um, I came out in a body bag, like a black body bag. I was inside of it. And they, like, wheeled me out. And uh, I kind of taught on this. And that was, like, one of the creepiest things I've ever done, ever. Probably one of the stupidest things I've ever done, too. But that was honestly one of the creepiest things I've ever done because I don't, I don't recommend it to anybody. But it was like when I, came, when I came up out of that body bag, it was like suddenly it hit me how, how vivid that picture was. Because, I mean, 
I kind of staggered back, and I'm standing there, and sweat is just pouring off of me because it was just a million degrees in that body bag. And I'm standing there with my back to everybody, and I'm just standing there, and I'm staring at it. And I'm just like, okay, now it makes sense. I was about to teach on that, and suddenly the illustration made sense. God, this is what you mean. God, I never want to get back in that body bag again. God, is, is this how simple this is? Old things pass away. All things become new. I don't want to go back in there. And I was just like, and then it was like, wait a minute, I have to teach this. And so like, I turn around and I'm like, okay. And I, and I go on with it. But I was just, I mean, like suddenly it just hit me. I have to teach on this. And the illustration just hit me. God, I've been working on this for a month and I just finally understood what it means. I never want to go back to that ever again. And I mean, I know it's something as simple as just being zipped up in a plastic bag. I don't recommend it again. But it was just like, I never want that ever again. God, if I never go back into that thing again, I'll be happy. But suddenly, like this verse suddenly made sense. The old has passed away and the new has come. I mean, just the relief of being out of that thing was just like, oh, man, God, this is, this is what it means when we totally turn our back on the way we used to be and we totally focus on you. Going back to Romans chapter 6, verse number 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be, uni- uh, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Once again, old has passed away, everything has become new. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to what? Loud and proud. Brought to what? Okay, I heard you all screaming earlier. Okay. This morning you were sleeping, standing up, and now you're just, you are there, man. Okay, here, we're going to, okay. Here we go. You ready? Is that is that up there? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. In order that I went from reading this to up here, in order that the body of sin might be brought to what? Nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Guys, how many of us actually do that? It's a rhetorical question. I'll raise your hand. I mean, guys, like, honestly, how, how how many of us live like that? Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Do you want to, you want to know a quick way to answer that question? I love this. I got saved when I was 15. March 17th, 1995. Do you want to know how many times I've been saved since then? That's it. Do you want to know why? Because I died. Jared died that day. And Christ took over. 
Now, ask me how many times I've sinned since then. I don't have enough fingers and toes. Okay, the world itself could not contain the volumes that should be written about Jared right now. But you want to know what? Okay, this is a side note, so y'all don't pay any attention to this. If you can find Jude 24, I'm going to use that in a little bit. Okay? No, 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 no. No, not you guys. My guys back there in the back. I love it when God just like hits you with something like right in the middle of everything else. Because that totally was not on my notes. Check this out, guys. Our old self is brought to nothing. We're no longer enslaved. You know what? We still sin. You want to know why? We're human. We still have that nature. How many of y'all feel bad when you sin? Okay. How many of y'all feel like just super peachy keen happy when you sin? I had one brave soul go, me. Okay, two. Okay. But you know what? We, we still sin. But you know what's really cool about that? In case you all didn't look around, everybody in here raised their hand. Okay? Don't raise your hand on this one. How, how many of you all sometimes after you sin, you just don't feel saved? You know? I mean, I feel the same way. But you want to know what? Verses like that pop into my head. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You know, Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Luke 9.23 says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. One of the Gospels actually says daily. Do you want to know what that means? That means things happen and it's, it's just a continual thing. Verse 9, is that where we're at? Rock on, that's where we're going to be. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. And then I'm going to tell you all what happened inside of me when I read that. You ready? We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. I told you I was going to share this with you, but I'm going to read on. Death no longer has dominion over him. Do you want to know what popped into my head when I read that verse just now? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. We talked about that this morning. Guys, in case you all didn't get that, verse 9, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Do you want to know, okay, the only thing that's keeping me from like running out one of these doors is I'm afraid I'm going to slip on the wet grass and just like face plant into something right now. Okay, I honestly feel like I could walk across that tug of war pit that you all had to like just walk through today. Okay, I, like I honestly, I honestly feel like I could just, I could be flying up there with those six-winged seraphim right now because, because guys, Christ doesn't have to die anymore. And you want to know why? Verse ten: For the death he died, he died to sin 
Check out these next three words. Once for all. Everything. Everything you've ever done, everything you do, everything you're ever going to do. He died once. Guys, I'm not going to say that you're not going to struggle with your salvation because God knows I have. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, in a Christian school. I didn't get saved until I was 15. Did I struggle? Yes. You know what happens when you struggle sometimes? You're not as effective. But you know what I like to do when those like little seeds of doubt start popping in? I read that. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. It's not about me anymore, guys. It's all about God. The life that I now live is totally about him. You know what happens? Like when we kind of sit there and in our minds we go, you know what, God? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. You know what you know what you know what you know what that does inside of me? That belittles what he did on the cross. Basically what that's what that what I'm what I'm saying to God when I struggle with those things is God, you know what? I, I know that you died for my sin, but I'm not sure if if it covered this right here. You know what, God, I I I know that you love me so much that you sent your son to die for me. But I, you know, this this might not be covered in that. This might this might not be covered by that. And that's one of those moments where God goes, "Do you understand grace?" Uh, Jared, if you understood grace, then you would know this: I died once for all. Sin doesn't have dominion over you anymore. Death doesn't have dominion over you anymore because it doesn't have dominion over me. You want to know why? I stomped it in the ground. Like that day on the cross, death died. That day on the cross, redemption reigned. That day on the cross, grace just ran amok. Every time I say that word, I see somebody going, muck, 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 like running around, like freaking out. Sorry, that's just one of my little <laughs> moments. What was it? Where's, where'd she go? Where's Megan? What was it I did last year? Yeah, those ADD moments where you're just kind of going, whoop. Okay, so that was last year's thing. Verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin. And what? Alive. Man, come on, guys. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and what? Alive. Alive to God in Christ Jesus. We're going to go on and read, and read through, the, through the second part of this. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under, under law, but under grace. 
what Paul's saying there is, you know what? Just don't even get involved in it. When sin kind of pokes up at you, just turn and walk away. You know, when sin rears its ugly little head, just kind of spit at it and turn around and walk off. You know, just kind of look at it and go, eh, you have no power over me. You want to know why? Because when you go back and you read earlier in this passage, when it says death has no dominion over him, you want to know why it says over him, over, over Christ? Because he paid it all. When he died on the cross, he took my sin. He became my sin. He was the one who bore my sin. And suddenly, death didn't look at me anymore because my sin was on the very Son of God. And death no longer has dominion over him because he took my sin. When we talk about accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior, that's what we're saying to him. We're saying, you know what, God? I know that your son took my sin on himself, on the cross, and took it to the grave with him. And in accepting that, I know I'm not responsible for him anymore. How many of y'all know the Apostle Paul? Not personally. Yeah, no, not personally. How many of y'all know Paul? Yeah, great. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you all because y'all are like ancient. What would you all think if I told you that Paul even struggled with this? Yeah, the uh, great Apostle Paul struggled. You don't believe me? Oh, wait a minute. I do want to go back to this. Do you still have verse 20 up there from chapter 6? I want you all to see this. It just suddenly hit me that I had this. Check this out. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Basically what he says is when you were in your sin, you had no understanding of, of, of righteousness. You really didn't understand good, good and evil. You know, you, you, you really, you, you know, you were just kind of out there. You were in a body bag. It really didn't matter. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. And here's a verse that we all know, Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Guys, sin no longer has dominion over him. His death paid the price so that we could have eternal life. Now, here's why I was going to tell you that Paul struggles with this. Uh, turn over to Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. Paul says this. Uh, I'm going to go back in verse 14. I don't know if I told you all 14, but I'm going to read verse 14. For we now know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do, 
not want is what I keep on doing. Anybody else confused by all of that? Okay, that's on purpose, but we're going to finish this out. I had you all like all the way through verse 24, right? Okay, I'm not going to read that because I was getting even, I was, my ADD brain was just going. Uh, okay, basically, here's what that means. Who was Paul before Paul was Paul? Did y'all get that? We'll do that again. Who was Paul before Paul was Paul? Saul. Okay, do you want to know what that's an awesome picture of? The old man and the new man. Saul killed Christians. Paul. Paul, I was, I was, my brain, I was like, created Christians really isn't the right word. Paul killed Christ, or Saul killed Christians. Paul went out and witnessed trying to, trying to make Christians. I, I can't get out of that one. Okay. But here's, here's, here's basically what that whole passage means. Basically, when he goes, the things I want to do are the things I don't do. The things that, basically what he's saying is the things that Paul wants to do are the things that Saul doesn't want to do. And the things that Saul wants to do are the things that Paul doesn't want to do. You want to know what he's saying there? Guys, I struggle with this thing. You know what? I know that Christ has redeemed me, that Christ has saved me. I can take you back to a time and a place and say, this is the moment that God changed my life. And he goes, but you know what? I still struggle with it. I know he's the same one that wrote chapter 6 where it says, Death has no dominion over him. And then the next chapter he goes, but I still struggle with it. And he goes, because I'm human. There was one that I wanted to say. Verse 24, check this out. Can you all jump to 24 real quick? Are you all still trying to find the other verse I told you? Check this out. Chapter 7, verse 24, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I mean, does that sound like somebody that's just gung-ho on fire for God? I mean, this is Paul. And in the middle of all of this, that Paul's saying, you know what? Death doesn't have any dominion over him anymore. Death cannot do anything to him. And because I live under him, under grace, death has no dominion over me. And then he goes, But I still struggle with this. And then he goes, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then verse 25, I love the way verse 25 starts out. It says, thanks be to God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. At the end of that passage that we read in chapter 6, it says, for I am no no longer under the law, but I am under grace. Do you want to know what the law was, was created for? To prove to you that there is no way that we can live up to the expectations of God. Rhetorical question, please do not raise your hand. How many of you all have followed every rule that you all saw the video to the other day? Be honest in your mind. I said rhetorical question. Okay? I mean, honestly. I mean, something as simple as that video that showed us, don't run, don't, do, don't be late, don't do this, don't do this, you know, don't, you know. I mean, pretty straightforward, but we can't even keep those. The law is, is there to show you that we cannot live up to it. Jesus said, I have come to fulfill the law because I'm the only one that can. You want to know why? I'm perfect. 
Here's what I wanted you guys to see in Jude, chapter 24. Am I ahead of you all, or did you all get that? Jude 24. I love this verse. I love, 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 love this verse. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. And I don't know if you have verse 25, but I'm going to read. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Guys, do you want to know what that means? Right now. Right now. Jesus is standing at the right hand of his father at that throne that we talked about this morning. And you want to know what's happening? He's going, hey, Father, can I just present to you my children that are down there right now? Those that are down there praising you right now, you want to know what? They, they can do that because I've spoken for them. They can do that and, and, and they can come into the very throne room of heaven because of what I did for them. And you want to know what, Father? If I had to go back, even though I only had to do it once, if I had to go back a thousand times a second and die the death that I did, I would gladly do it because I love them. When we stand up here and sing, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Cole, can you put up the third verse to that? Man, I'm, I'm giving you all your all's pay tonight. I love this verse. And when before the throne, I stand in him complete. Jesus died and my soul to save. And my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. You want to know what grace is? Look at the cross. Do you want to understand what grace is? Look at the cross. Do you want to experience what grace is? Look no further than the cross. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Guys, the invitation tonight is going to be simple. And I'm not going to keep you long. I'm not going to keep you any longer than God wants us here. But guys, the invitation is simple. There's some of you all tonight that you've lost sight of what grace is. You've lost sight of what Christ did for you on the cross. You can remember a time that you were saved, but you've kind of fallen away from it. 
You know what? There's some of you all. You know what? You have been on fire for God from the day that he saved him. You know what? That is awesome. But you know what? You need to still come up here and thank him that he's gracious and that he saved you. But you know what, guys? There's some of you all, you've never tasted his grace. Yeah, you stand here and you raise your hands and you sing with us. But the words aren't real. You've never had that one moment where you say, you know what, God, I know that what your son did for me on the cross covered all of my sin. And God, I want to accept that right now. I want to accept your son as my personal savior. God, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of living in the body bag. God, I want to know what it means to walk in newness of life. You know what? Your counselors are going to be up here. I'm going to be up here. Uncle Paul is going to be up here. Come up and find us. But you know what, guys? This altar is going to be open here in a second. is going to be open in a second. Do you want to know what the altar represents? When somebody brings something to the altar, you want to know what they bring it to the altar for? To put it to death. You know what? There's some of you all that need to come up here tonight and lay your old life at this altar and say, God, I'm tired of it. God, I want to put this thing to death. God, I want to walk in newness of life. God, I want to, I want you to be proud of me. I want to walk and just the very shadow of the grace that your son had on the cross. As Colt begins to sing, the altar's already open.